Section fifty two of Young Folks Treasury Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Young Folks Treasury Volume two. Edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Section fifty two. Roland parts four and five adapted by h e marshall part four roland sounds his horn alone king margaris fled weary and wounded until he reached king marcel and fell panting at his feet ride ride sire he cried thy army is shattered thy knights to the last man lie dead upon the field but thou wilt find the franks in evil plight full half of them also lie dead the rest are sore wounded and weary their armour is broken their swords and spears are shattered they have naught wherewith to defend themselves to avenge the death of thy knights were now easy ride o oh ride in terrible wrath and sorrow king marcel gathered a new army in twenty columns through the valleys they came marching the sun shone upon the gems and gold work of their helmets upon lances and pennons upon buckler and embroidered surcoat seven thousand trumpets sounded to the charge and the wind carried the clamour afar oliver my comrade said roland when he heard it oliver my brother the traitor ganelon has sworn our death here his treachery is plainly to be seen but the emperor will bring upon him a terrible vengeance as for us we must fight again a battle fierce and keen I will strike with my trusty Durindal, and thou with thy Holt Clare bright. We have already carried them with honour in many battles. With them we have won many a victory. No man may say scorn of us. And so once again the Franks made ready for battle. But King Marsil was a wily foe. Hearken, my barons all, he cried. Roland is a prince of wondrous strength. Two battles are not enough to vanquish him. He shall have three. Half of ye shall go forward now, and half remain with me until the Franks are utterly exhausted. Then shall ye attack them. Then shall we see the day when the might of Charlemagne shall fall, and France shall perish in shame. So King Marsil stayed upon the hillside, while half of his knights marched upon the Franks with battle cry and trumpet call. O oh, heaven, what cometh now? cried the Franks as they heard the sound. Woe, woe, that ever we saw Ganelon the felon. Then spoke the brave archbishop to them. Now it is certain that we shall die, but it is better to die sword in hand than in slothful ease. Now is the day when ye shall receive great honour. Now is the day that ye shall win your crown of flowers. The gates of paradise are glorious, but therein no coward shall enter. We will not fail to enter, cried the Franks. It is true that we are but few, but we are bold and staunch. And striking their golden spurs into their chargers' flanks, they rode to meet the foe. Once more the noise and dust of battle rose. Once more the plain was strewn with dead, and the green grass was crimson-dyed, and scattered wide were jewels and gold, splintered weapons and shattered armour. Fearful was the slaughter, mighty the deeds of valour done, until at last the heathen broke and fled amain. 
after them in hot pursuit rode the franks their bright swords flashed and fell again and again and all the way was marked with dead at length the heathen cries of despair reached even to where king marsil stayed upon the hillside marsil o oh our king ride ride we have need of thee they cried even to the king's feet the franks pursued the fleeing foe slaying them before his face then marsil mounting upon his horse led his last knights against the fearful foe the franks were nigh exhausted but still three hundred swords flashed in the sunlight three hundred hearts still beat with hope and courage as roland watched oliver ever in the thickest of the fight dealing blow upon blow unceasingly his heart swelled anew with love for him oh my comrade leland true he cried alas this day shall end our love alas this day we shall part on earth for ever oliver heard him and through the press of fighting he urged his horse to roland's side friend he said keep near to me so it please god we shall at least die together on went the fight fiercer and fiercer yet till but sixty weary franks were left then sadly gazing upon the stricken field roland turned to oliver behold our bravest lie dead he cried well may france weep for she is shorn of all her most valiant knights o oh, my emperor my friend alas why wert thou not here oliver my brother how shall we speed him now our mournful news i know not said oliver sadly rather come death now than any craven deed i will sound upon my horn said roland all his pride broken and gone i will sound upon my horn charlemagne will hear it and the franks will return to our aid shame that would be cried oliver our kin would blush for us and be dishonoured all their days when i prayed of thee thou wouldst not sound thy horn and now it is not i who will consent to it sound upon thy horn no there is no courage no wisdom in that now had the emperor been here we had been saved but now it is too late for all is lost nay he cried in rising wrath if ever i see again my fair sister Aude, i swear to thee thou shalt never hold her in thine arms never shall she be bride of thine for roland loved oliver's beautiful sister Aude, and was loved by her and when roland would return to france she had promised to be his bride ah oliver why dost thou speak to me with so much anger and hate cried roland sadly because it is thy fault that so many franks lie dead this day answered oliver it is thy folly that hath slain them hadst thou done as i prayed thee our master charlemagne had been here this battle had been fought and won marcel had been taken and slain thy madness it is roland that hath wrought our fate henceforward we can serve charlemagne never more and now here endeth our loyal friendship o oh, bitter the parting this night shall see with terrible grief in his heart stricken dumb with misery and pain roland gazed upon his friend but archbishop turpin had heard the strife between the two and setting spurs to his horse he rode swiftly towards them sir roland and you sir oliver he cried i pray you strive not thus see 
we all must die and thy horn roland can avail nothing now great karl is too far and would return too late yet it were well to sound it for the emperor when he hears it will come to avenge our fall and the heathen will not return joyously to their homes when the franks come they will alight from their horses they will find our bodies and will bury them with mourning and with tears so we shall rest in hallowed graves and the beasts of the field shall not tear our bones asunder it is well said cried roland then to his lips he laid his horn and taking a deep breath he blew mightily upon it with all the strength left in his weary body he blew full and clear and high the horn sounded from mountain peak to mountain peak the note was echoed till to the camp of charlemagne full thirty leagues away it came then as he heard it sweet and faint borne upon the summer wind the emperor drew rein and bent his ear to listen our men give battle it is the horn of roland he cried nay laughed ganelon scornfully nay sire had any man but thee said it i had deemed he lied so slowly and sad at heart with many a backward glance the emperor rode on again roland put his horn to his mouth he was weary now and faint blood was upon his pale lips the blue veins in his temples stood out like cords very mournfully he blew upon his horn but the sound of it was carried far very far although it was so feeble and so low again to the soft sweet note charlemagne bent his ear duke names too and all the frankish knights paused at the sound it is the horn of roland cried the emperor and very surely had there been no battle he had not sounded it there is no battle said ganelon in fretful tones thou art grown old and fearful thou talkest as a frightened child well thou knowest the pride of roland the strong bold great and boastful roland that god has suffered so long upon his earth for one hair roland would sound his horn all day long doubtless now he laughs among his peers and besides who would dare to attack roland why so bold of a truth there is none ride on sire ride on why halt our fair land is still very far in front so again yet more unwillingly the emperor rode on crimson stained were the lips of roland his cheeks were sunken and white yet once again he raised his horn faintly now in sadness and in anguish once again he blew the soft sweet notes took on a tone so pitiful they wrung the very heart of charlemagne where full thirty leagues afar he onward rode that horn is very long of breath he sighed looking backward anxiously it is roland cried duke names it is roland who suffers yonder oh my soul i swear there is battle someone hath betrayed him if i mistake not it is he who now deceives thee arm sire arm sound the trumpets of war long enough hast thou hearkened to the plaint of roland quickly the emperor gave command quickly the army turned about and came marching backward the evening sunshine fell upon their pennons of crimson gold and blue it gleamed upon helmet and corslet upon lance and shield fiercely rode the knights oh if we but reach roland before he die they cried oh what blows we will strike for him 
alas alas they are late too late the evening darkened night came yet on they rode through all the night they rode and when at length the rising sun gleamed like flame upon helmet and hauberk and flowing pennon they still pressed onward foremost the emperor rode sunk in sad thought his fingers twisted in his long white beard which flowed over his cuirass his eyes filled with tears behind him galloped his knights strong men though they were every one of them with a sob in his throat a prayer in his heart for roland roland the brave and fearless one knight only had anger in his heart that knight was ganelon and he by order of the emperor had been given over to the keeping of the kitchen knaves calling the chief among them guard me well this felon said charlemagne guard him as a traitor who had sold all mine house to death then the chief scullion and a hundred of his fellows surrounded ganelon they plucked him by the hair and buffeted him each man giving him four sounding blows around his neck they then fastened a heavy chain and leading him as one might lead a dancing bear they set him upon a common baggage horse thus they kept him until the time should come that charlemagne would again ask for the felon knight part five the return of charlemagne roland was dead and bright angels had already carried his soul to heaven when charlemagne and all his host at last rode into the valley of roncesvalles what a dreadful sight was there not a path nor track not a yard nor foot of ground but was covered with slain franks and heathen lying side by side in death charlemagne gazed upon the scene with grief and horror where art thou roland he called the archbishop where is he oliver where art thou all the twelve peers he called by name but none answered the wind moaned over the field fluttering here and there a fallen banner but voice to answer there was none alas sighed charlemagne what sorrow is mine that i was not here ere this battle was fought in and out of his long white beard his fingers twisted and tears of grief and anger stood in his eyes behind him rank upon rank crowded his knights and barons full of wrath and sorrow not one among them but had lost a brother or son a friend or comrade for a time they stood dumb with grief and horror then spoke duke names wise in council brave in battle was he look sire he cried look where two leagues from us the dust arises upon the great highway there is gathered the army of the heathen ride sire ride and avenge our wrongs and so it was for those who had fled from the battlefield were gathered together and were now crowding onward to saragossa alas cried charlemagne they are already far away yet they have taken from me the very flower of france so for the sake of right and honor i will do as thy desirest then the emperor called to him four of his chief barons rest here he said guard the field the valleys and the hills leave the dead lying as they are but watch well that neither lion nor any other savage beast come nigh to them neither shall any servant or squire touch them i forbid ye to let any man lay hand upon them till we return sire we will do thy will 
answered the four. Then, leaving a thousand knights to be with them, Charlemagne sounded his war trumpets, and the army set forth upon the pursuit of the heathen. Furiously they rode, and fast, but already the foe was far. Anxiously the emperor looked to the sun as it slowly went down toward the west. Night was at hand, and the enemy still afar. Then, alighting from his horse, Charlemagne kneeled upon the green grass. O Lord, I pray thee, he cried, make the sun to stop. Say thou to the night, wait. Say thou to the day, remain. And as the emperor prayed, his guardian angel stooped down and whispered to him, Ride onward, Charlemagne. Light shall not fail thee. Thou hast lost the flower of France. The Lord knoweth it right well but thou canst now avenge thee upon the wicked ride. Hearing these words, Charlemagne sprang once more to horse and rode onward, and truly a miracle was done for him. The sun stood motionless in the sky. The heathen fled, the Franks pursued, until in the valley of darkness they fell upon them and beat them with great slaughter. The heathen still fled, but the Franks surrounded them, closing every path, and in front flowed the river Ebro, wide and deep. Across it there was no bridge, upon it no boat, no barge. Calling upon their gods Tervigan and Apollon, and upon Mahomet to save them, the heathen threw themselves into the water. But there no safety they found. Many weighted with their heavy armour sank beneath the waves. Others, carried by the tide, were swept away, and all were drowned. King Marcel alone fleeing towards Saragossa. When Charlemagne saw all his enemies were slain, he leapt from his horse and kneeling upon the ground gave thanks to heaven. And even as he rose from his knees, the sun went down and all the land was dim in twilight. Now is our hour of rest, said the emperor. It is too late to return to Roncesvalles, for our steeds are weary and exhausted. Take off their saddles and their bridles, and let them refresh themselves upon the field. Sire, it is well said, replied the Franks. So the knights, leaping from their horses, took saddle and bridle from them, and let them wander free upon the green meadows by the riverside. Then, being very weary, the Franks lay down upon the grass, all dressed as they were in their armour, and with their swords girded to their sides, and slept so warm were they with battle and with grief that none that night kept watch but all alike slept the emperor too slept upon the ground among his knights and barons like them he lay in his armour and his good sword joyeuse was girt about him the night was clear and the moon shone brightly and charlemagne lying on the grass thought bitterly of roland and of oliver and of all the twelve peers of france who lay dead upon the field of Roncesvalles, but at last, overcome with grief and weariness, he fell asleep. As the emperor slept, he dreamed. He thought he saw the sky grow black with thunder clouds, then jagged lightning flashed and flamed, hail fell, and wild winds howled. Such a storm the earth had never seen, and suddenly, in all its fury, it burst upon his army. Their lances were wrapped in flame, their shields of gold were melted, hauberks and helmets were crushed to pieces. Then bears and wolves from out of the forest sprang upon the dismayed knights, devouring them. Monsters untold, 
serpents fiery fiends and more than thirty thousand griffins all rushed upon the franks with greedy gaping jaws arm arm sire they cried to him and charlemagne in his dream struggled to reach his knights but something he knew not what held him bound and helpless then from the depths of the forest a lion rushed upon him it was a fierce terrible and proud beast it seized upon the emperor and together they struggled he fighting with his naked hands who would win who would be beaten none knew for the dream passed and the emperor still slept again charlemagne dreamed he stood he thought upon the marble steps of his great palace of a holding a bear by a double chain suddenly out of the forest there came thirty other bears to the foot of the steps where charlemagne stood they all had tongues and spoke like men give him back to us sire they said he is our kinsman and we must help him it is not right that thou shouldst keep him so long from us then from out of the palace there came a hound bounding among the savage beasts he threw himself upon the largest of them over and over upon the grass they rolled fighting terribly who would be the victor who the vanquished charlemagne could not tell the vision passed and he slept till daybreak as the first dim light of dawn crept across the sky charlemagne awoke soon all the camp was astir and before the sun rose high the knights were riding back over the wide roads to roncesvalles when once again they reached the dreadful field charlemagne wandered all over the plain until he came to where roland lay then taking him in his arms he made a great moan my friend my roland who shall now lead my army my nephew beautiful and brave my pride my glory all are gone alas the day alas thus with tears and cries he mourned his loss then said one sire grieve not over much command rather that we search the plain and gather together all our men who have been slain by the heathen then let us bury them with chant and song and solemn ceremony as befits such heroes yea said charlemagne it is well said sound your trumpets so the trumpets were sounded and over all the field the franks searched gathering their slain brothers and comrades with the army there were many bishops abbots and monks and so with chant and hymn with prayer and incense the franks were laid to rest with great honor they were buried then for they could do no more their comrades left them only the bodies of roland oliver and archbishop turpin they did not lay in spanish ground in three white marble coffins covered with silken cloths they were placed on chariots ready to be carried back to the fair land of france end of roland